Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs presents Money Can't Buy You Podcast, Episode 1. And now, here are your hosts, Dan and Tracy. Welcome to Money Can't Buy You Podcast, a musical odyssey through the song stylings of the Real Housewives, part of the Mastus Network. I am Dan. And I'm Tracy. And we just want to thank Mark and Sarah so much for having us along on this little ride. Um, We wanted to go with them uh, on this journey because we knew off the bat that what the world didn't need was another Housewives podcast. So we wanted to go (laughs) super specific into the world of the vanity singles of The Real Housewives and uh, talk about them from a musical perspective. So what better place to do it? Um, So let's sort of start 30,000 feet above Andy Cohn's head and then lower into the specifics of what we're doing here and talk briefly about the franchise overall, uh, which has now, starting with OC, been around longer than like most of our pets. It's um, sort of the (laughs) America's new soap operas, and it's been uh, part of the zeitgeist for such a long time. My personal journey with it began uh, 10 years ago on a Thanksgiving where my brother and my sister um, at Thanksgiving dinner were talking about an Upper East Side white lady who reminded them a lot of an aunt of ours who also lives on the Upper East Side. Um, And the name of the lady was Ramona. Um, who has <laughs> <laughs> to to whom I am related? Um, it's spiritually, and so, so, so am um, I. We have the same yeah, kidneys, I, I think. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> So I don't know about you guys, Uh, Tracy, you talk about it. That was kind of my entry point into the Real Housewives was through um, was through New York. Yeah, me too. I completely missed OC, which Mm -hmm. I'm sort of glad about. I mean, I watch it now, but at the time, I don't know that I would have dug it. And then I started watching Real Housewives of New York and I was so entranced. I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that I liked it. Um, Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, so so in those early days, uh, Luann called herself, she referred to herself exclusively as the Countess, and we found her to be, like, the world's most compelling character ever in her countessiness. Now, mind you, since she has no longer <laughs> been married to the Count, Luann has attended a Halloween party in blackface, fallen drunkenly oh, into bushes so on vacation, true. dated a Johnny Depp pirate introduced us to her male id named Ray, gotten married and divorced to a man who basically dated the rest of the cast before her, and most recently gotten arrested for being so drunk and disorderly that she threatened to kill a cop while slipping out of her handcuffs in the backseat of a squad car right after Christmas. So, you know, countessy stuff. If I um, a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even talking about her life before the show, which you can see in the Before They Were Housewives special, of which there was one about her, because her life is fascinating. Why don't you take us back? 
Uh, well, she was born in the hallowed hills of Berlin, Connecticut, um, where Dan and I have recently taken a pilgrimage to better understand <laughs> the Countess's origins. Quite true. And then she started, she entered a, she was a nurse. There's a nursing, she has a nursing degree. And anyone who watches the show um, will be familiar with a flashback photo of her, like in her Florence Nightingale nurse hat, <laughs> before she had been quite as glamorous as she is currently. Um, and then she started modeling. She moved moved to Milan. She hosted some sort of weird TV game show in Italy. And then she <laughs> met her husband, the Count, at a dinner party, married him like six days later, and voila. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I'm also really interested in is hearing from your OG host, Mark and Sarah, because my understanding is that they, as a collective, were not super aware of the New York Housewives universe. So in advance of this, we put together... It was like the Encyclopedia Lutanica to walk them through where we where we were. Guys, what are your thoughts overall on the Countess and the New York Housewives more generally? Uh, I will begin, Mark, if you don't mind. That is that is fine. Uh, I uh, my Housewives exposure uh, consisted primarily of a New Jersey, of which I have seen every episode, including the like interstitial, um, how the juicies are doing with Teresa in jail. Uh, mini show um, so I've watched all of those I've endured all of those and I was the one who watched Real Housewives of Miami uh, mm-hmm. it appears oh, me that too. oh you're the other one okay <laughs> I guess Joanna Krupa got married again recently and I still have a google alert for that bitch I don't know why <laughs> But New York, oh I my was god, like, when there was the- not yeah. f- that familiar. Like I knew who they were, and because I, you know, have been running TV websites for a while, yeah, copy would come in that would keep me up to date on the relative um, proportions of blood to Pinot Grigio in Ramona's system. <laughs> Inappropriate was always the answer. But New York, I was really pretty new to. Um, having perused the Encyclopedia Lutanica, I got sucked into this um, four-pack surrounding uh, Luann's um, recording the single. Um, well, recording, whatever, we'll get into it. Uh, uh-huh. And then watched the entire reunion and developed this mm. irrational loathing for a mentally ill person named Kelly Benzimone that is... <laughs> does not look good on me but I th- Al Sharpton but I think I am pr- I know that was I mean she's not well no. um I can get into the loathing later if you want first let's Please. hear from Mark who was the uh I think least who was the most pristine in terms of prolonged exposure to various housewives of varying realness Mark please tell us about your journey into the heart of the Upper East Side uh, my primary housewife knowledge before this uh, brilliant podcast idea was brought into my life was through having seen episodes of The New Normal starring NeNe Leakes. Oh. Yeah. And also having a friend. I, I, there, were, there was a period of my life when my friend Alan was quoting NeNe, although I can't remember which of the things he was saying. Was it ploop, ploop, ploop? Is that a thing that she would say? I believe bloop, 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 <laughs> bleep, bloop. <laughs> Thank you. Oh I wouldn't my want God, you I'm to sorry. misquote her. Yeah. Snoop, doop, doop. The boy. <laughs> Basically, that. So don't add us, please. My my entire understanding of the Housewives franchise until recently 
was, was caught up in my bastardization of that sound. And also, every time I say it, including now, even though you can't see me, I put my right hand forward and then on each sound go ploop, ploop, ploop. I close my fingers like I'm like a alligator, like an mm-hmm. alligator jaw. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think that part is uh, canon. I think okay, that's correct. Good. I mean, so isn't it funny how we end up adopting the customs of cultures that we're not even aware of? Mm. Think about it. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, then there was the background. And okay, Mark, I'll just pick up the baton on that fast because not to get too off topic, but bloop, bloop, bloop as a catchphrase for Nini is compelling. But you should also know that as a um, former producer of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, she would sort of pitch and then discard various other catchphrases. As she has become basically just a walking catchphrase that replaced whatever person used to be there. And one season, she came in with her mind. It was when she was working on The New Normal, a very strange endpoint to learn about NeNe Leakes, by the way. And she, um, you or unique at least, she came in that season because she was making some serious coin and attached the words run into the bank, shorty what you think. A two sentence stab at a catchphrase after every sentence she said. It would be like, so I was going to hang out with my good friend Cynthia, run into the bank, shorty what you think. So we just edited out every time she said it and it never appeared on TV. That is the type of insider dish that we live for. Welcome to the Mastis Network and also in some way. Money can't buy you that. I'll tell you right now. Uh, how was how that not a song? Tracy, it was. Well, I believe it, it already was. rhymes. Well, Tracy and I then turned it into just a chorus of a song called Keeping It Real with okay. Nini that we yeah. never wrote the verses to. That'll be on a later episode. Yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Please continue. So, yeah, and it is. It was an interesting entry point because I was like, this woman can't act. Why is she on this TV show? But <laughs> it's fine. Then well, she, I mean, she is a human gif at this point. So yes, yeah. Uh, so anyway, then it was when I was given the starter pack here that I really began my journey into New York. And as I've mentioned off camera, off mic earlier, this week, the week that we're recording this, mid August two thousand eighteen, I also happened to go to New York Theater Workshop here in New York, an off Broadway theater that, in its off stage series, it's like. The, they do their main stage, but then they also do short runs of really weird um, avant-garde shows. And a fund that I helped create uh, gives money to certain projects in New York. And so part of my money to the fund helped to bring to the stage a production called This American Wife, which is a show in which two gay men discover that they both are obsessed with the housewives and then slowly become housewives themselves and you see them they start sort of playfully like quoting things to each other and then eventually they become sort of trapped inside an episode of their own making and it's a fascinating very difficult to describe avant-garde experience but i also got so much more information about the new york housewives by watching this 95 minute show and i also saw like it's so interesting because i have now seen so many things out of context that I'm like, okay, I think this is important. Like there was a, an episode or a scene where a woman is in a limousine and then another woman gets in and there's like, they're screaming at each other about how they have mental problems. 
Mm-hmm. Was that Kyle and Kim Richards? Kyle and Kim yeah. Richards. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. man. That could be mm-hmm. anyone. That could also be. <laughs> Teresa and Jacqueline. True. This is, this is how I currently feel about Housewives, though. You know how I, like, I basically only know classical music through what I've heard on commercials. Mm-hmm. So, like, I only know snippets of major pieces of classical music. And I'm to someone who really knows classical music, I'm like, you know, bah, bah, bah. well, I know what that is. But I feel like that's what it is with me and Housewives. Or I'm like, I've heard snatches of the music, but don't understand the symphony. You're like, you know, it's the fifth of Beethoven by Walter What's his name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yes, yes and no. Apt. Yes and no. And also, like, increases it even uh, into more Shakespearean levels of popular culture because you'll, like, hear a line that you'll be like, that's from Shakespeare, but I don't know the whole play. And I do feel like it is that pervasive at this point, having been in the groundwater for so long, that you'll hear bloop or ploop and um just be like i know what that is i I know that line just not the whole song exactly but i do love i here was another thing that's true uh listen for this elegant segue i knew enough about the housewives to know that they were releasing vanity singles left and right and i am excited that i am now part of a show that is going to investigate the musical output of this universe and then better it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well arguably no well no not our not in this case uh look when we get to when y'all get to kim maybe there's a debate but oof uh. um D- dan and tracy uh, do you want to um should we all stick a toe into the pool of the original how would you like to lead our listeners yeah. into so this so, whatever this is <laughs> so i believe and tracy correct me if i'm wrong that the first in-show story that was tracked about a vanity single was through Kim, right? On yes, um, With yes. Tardy for the Party. Mm-hmm. Kim Zolciak on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Which became such uh, an important part of the show that it actually led to the end of her friendship with another one of the cast members, Candy Burris, who wrote the song for her. And then after it blew up both on the show and became, I believe, the the highest selling Housewives song on iTunes, Candy was like, hey, how about some money for this? And Kim was like, no, fuck you. And then that was the end of those two, um, which which was really real. I don't think they've like spoken a kind word to each other since then um and candy Bur- candy burris for those who don't know is a real songwriter like she's yeah. an actual yeah. musician she yeah. co-wrote um no scrubs bills 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 <gasps> and she co-wrote yeah, bills, bills, there bills. you go by pink did she not no yes yeah no she's amazing she's and, legit and i believe if kim is listening to this which she has plenty of time to do having not left her kitchen for the last 15 years the um i think that she will say that she wrote the song uh tardy for the party but the candy produced it um, but Ooh. come on. So, yeah. uh, but we this... come not to praise Candy, but to bury one Chris Young, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Oh uh, my God. If, if I may, let's just Please. hear a little about his philosophy about how um, talent doesn't really matter uh, in a clip from <laughs> season three. It's one of those things where it's kind of subjective, counts. It doesn't really matter. You know, ability is one thing. I think that ability is cool. You know, people like get Zach Perlman and stuff, you know, unbelievable ability. Mariah Carey, unbelievable ability. Yeah, sure. But, I you mean, know, those are great, great singers. But I some mean, people... I wouldn't call myself a great singer, but, but I you're a great star. like to sing. You're a star. That's the thing. Your personality is great. And when you put the whole package together, well, you know what? I'd rather go and see your concert than go watch some guy play a violin anyhow. <laughs> 
Oh uh, my god. <laughs> my god. She thinks Chris that Itzhak Perlman is a everything. singer. <laughs> I don't In know. In fairness, what she I would rather go see her concert than see. I Itzhak think she Perlman. thinks Itzhak Perlman is a perfume, but <laughs> I also <laughs> arguable. What is that? Um, yeah, ability's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ability's cool. <laughs> it exactly. is. Not that either of you would know, but I think you read on the Twitter that ability's cool. Anyway, I just wanted everyone to know where the producer of this thing is uh, was coming from, which was it yeah. literally could not matter any less whether you can sing, which technically she isn't even doing in this single, I would posit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. And so during season three, and if you had to argue for one, uh, some might say that season three of The Real Housewives of New York is the best season of the best uh, uh, city in the franchise. And what was going on during Countess's uh, foray into the um, song writing can't get any of those words out, uh, <clears throat> genre, <laughs> was that it was cut against the rest of the group on Scary Island having the most famous fight in Housewives franchise history. Mm. So she didn't go on the trip and instead stayed back in New York City to tunelessly warble her new song in a music studio, as Sarah has just played for us. <laughs> so many epic things happening at once in that episode. Um, so did you guys watch all of those episodes, too, and everything so, sort of surrounding it? I did. And I am also present on the podcast today. I saw an avant-garde dis- deconstruction of those episodes. Let's put it Exactly. Yeah. Yes, Tracy. Yeah, I, I think that one contextual thing that is important, it's sort of the origins of this song for Countess Luann, is that, so this is early seasons when she's still very countessy. I think she was technically divorced from the Count when she um, recorded this song, but it was on the heels of her releasing a book called Class with the Countess. This is a 258-page um, memoir slash sort of mismanners for the modern day guide um, to etiquette and how to live with elegance and flair. And so she said on the show, you know, when, she, when Chris Young approached her about working together, he was sort of having her read passages from the book um, and her sort of little catchphrases such as elegance is learned. And that is how the song came to be. And um, do you have a copy of that book with you, Tracy? Is there anything relevant you would like to quote from it to prove her um, countessy bona fides? I, it just so happens that I do, Dan. Oh, really? <laughs> and so I would like to offer you, what a coincidence, Dan sent this to me in the mail. I had gotten a copy from the library to do research, and he didn't think that was very elegant at all. <laughs> so he sent this to me. Um, so I can read you one of the following passages. Uh, 12 things elegant people are never seen doing. If you meet a king or queen. Um, when your seatmate is sleeping, check his breathing. Uh, <laughs> dilemmas in dining or where do children belong do you have a preference i mean i feel like the chances of her meeting a king or queen are very high so i think we should learn about that we'll learn about that Mm -hmm. so if you meet a king or queen women perform a small curtsy not an extravagant full court curtsy men bow from the neck this is not compulsory if a king or queen extends a hand do not give it a full handshake just touch it briefly the form of address is your majesty, followed by ma'am or sir in conversation. 
Never wear gloves in the presence of a king or queen. Ooh, who knew? Never continue to eat if a king or queen has stopped. And do not kiss the royal hand. Put your arm around the king or queen or turn your back on royalty. See, I wouldn't have known that if it were not for this book. It might come in handy someday. I, th- I think I did know that from watching The Crown, but um, <laughs> it's always good to brush up on one. Well, I'm just glad think... to know that I need to remove my ski gloves before I'm around royalty. <laughs> I know. And remember, this was prior to The Crown. Maybe they optioned this for, <laughs> for getting all their facts straight. Well, interesting you should bring that up because in genre-busting fashion, I believe this might be the only uh, song that I know of that was adapted from a book, right? Because isn't mm. the the subtitle of this, um, the book is How to Live with Elegance and Flair. Did I get that right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so she used that line and incorporated it into the lyrics of the song, um, Mm -hmm. which was meant to crystallize her countessiness in uh, in a three minute bob. Would this be a good time to hear a a snippet of said song? Yeah, I think we should listen to a bit of her original uh, right now. All right, let's do that. Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends Elegance is learned, oh yeah Money can't buy your class To hold the door when I give them so much more than they can imagine. Money rich and manners poor never got the boys too far. Money talks, but I just walk when I can't stand it. And the primary mistake, texting on a date. If you make a lady wait, she'll take a pass. The lesson all should learn, even if there's cash to burn. Respect yourself, because no one else can change your path. You guys. Uh, bef- before <laughs> we get into the utterly generic uh, ac- Bernian Rooseveltian <laughs> accent hopping baritone talk singing, nothing against <laughs> baritone talk singing, I'm a huge proponent, let's just hear what Chris Young actually did bring to the table with a snippet of her raw vocal. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Give her talk back. How's it sounding? You know, it sounds great. Let's just do another uh, one more time. And just a little bit more full, Countess. I want to have like a, a little bit more of the, the bass tones in your voice. So just okay. push out with it. Okay. So it's coming from your chest, not Okay. No. Okay. Money can't buy your class. Oh, Money yeah. can't buy your class. Elegance is learned. Yeah, she got it that time. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, okay. Is that good? Yes, Countess, that was perfect. Okay. Oh my <laughs> God. I, I now mean... it's so clear to me that we did not need the film Florence Foster Jenkins. <laughs> we have it happening currently. It's not just in the past. Another thing that I also am fascinated by, again, as the neophyte here. First, obviously, it's the fact that they cranked the autotune up to 11, but that they Mm -hmm. did not do anything to avoid letting us hear her heaving intakes of breath after every line. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was, was one of the, honestly, if you start to listen to the song just for the breathing, it actually becomes this weird, <laughs> trippy, like John Cage experience where you're just, the, it, just listen to the song again, listening only for the breathing is what I will say to oh. you out there in Radio oh. Land. Um, well, I mean, she's singing low. You need a lot of breath to sing that low. <laughs> you, you gotta fill you up your lungs. You don't need that much. You, you just do. don't. <laughs> and <clears throat> Tracy kind of knows the amount of breath one would require uh, from the fact that she is the one with the real songwriting chops uh, that brought us here. So, Tracy, um, would you talk very briefly about your own kind of uh, songwriting background? Sure. Yeah. So I am a singer songwriter doing like folky sort of Americana country stuff, um, perform solo. And currently I'm in a duo called Cardboard Ox. You can find us at cardboardoxmusic.com um, if you're interested in that. And I, in fact, just got back from a um, an amazing week long songwriting retreat in upstate New York. The songwriter Dar Williams led it. and It was amazing. And it's funny because the um, the title of the retreat is writing a song that matters and what song matters more than this. So I went from all these like amazing sort of meaningful, deep um, song experiences to this, which is deep and meaningful in its own way. Oh, and when I was there, I happened to meet someone um, who is from Sag Harbor, where Countess Luann lives uh, in the Hamptons. She has a house there. And so immediately I was like, do you know Countess Luann? And she said, no, but I see her around. Um, and she said, she really is a beautiful woman. Any time of day, no makeup on, just got out of jail. She looks great. <laughs> so I was, I was glad to know that. Well, money but can't yeah, buy you so. cheekbones. I think we can all agree. <laughs> On that, Um, can we talk a little bit as a group about, I mean, Chris Young understands what the brief is here, Mm -hmm. which is to capitalize on her fame to make a forgettable single that people will still buy because it's her. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in, because I'm not a songwriter, but what we do on uh, the Mothership podcast is talk a lot about the build of songs and why they are or are not effective so can we all talk a little bit about the build of this song and the fact that it is both generic and bad like it's forgettable and unforgettable it's been stuck in my head all week um i i think that this like share-esque dancey um genre that they chose was smart but speaking to it as a songwriter Tracy do you think that Chris Young did a good job um ameliorating her human frailties as much <laughs> as he was able I guess is what I want to say he made her less yeah, do you sure. think he made her less bad or more obviously bad because the auto-tune was just like like audibly overheating <laughs> during the song <laughs> Right. Well, I think one thing that, you know, I have to give Countess Luann credit. She does not posit herself as a brilliant singer. I think she's like, whatever, I like to sing and this is what I'm going to do. So I think that, you know, I think it's light, it's fun, except for, of course, the important lessons that we're learning throughout. Um, I do think it's smart that she sort of talks through the verses. (laughs) And in Uh fact, that was one of the, um, the first things that we had to do when we rearranged it for ourselves was to give the verses a melody. (laughs) Um, Because currently they have 
have none. But, you know, that is a catchy chorus. It's very repetitive, um, which I think is the, you know, key number one for getting it stuck in your brain. And it is, I think it's authentic to her. I actually like it. I've got no problem with it. I would never call it forgettable because I remember it always. Well, and another I think another reason that you remember it always is because one of the things that she's done so well is not only use, and I'm going to use this uh, phrase unironically, the lyrical specificity of the song that really does speak to the Countess's own experience, but then even more importantly, the way that she has kept this song and her musical career in the cultural conversation in the what, seven plus years since this storyline first appeared on the show, yeah. including doing her own cabaret show, at um, which she did at 54 Below and is now, Amazing. as we learned from a giant New York Times feature about her, is now taking on the road. In fact, she had to leave her second stint in rehab early so that she could get back out on tour with her cabaret. And the that song appears in, in flat. Flashback on the show. Yeah. Low hand levels of bad idea. But um, (laughs) yeah, we actually have a clip from the most recent episode of her managing to reinsert it. Shall we shall we hear an example from what was this? The August 8th, 2018 episode of Real Housewives of New Mm -hmm. York, where she's complaining about someone's decor to Bethany. Ramona. Freezing cold. You wouldn't want to spend one night in there. It's like really? it's no warmth, no charm, no character. You know what? Money can't buy you class. Sorry, she's my inspiration. <laughs> I I think this that clip is notable just because of how busted her voice has gotten in the intervening <laughs> oh. seven years. It's it's roof stoof. Uh, Mark, you were she, about to say something. Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to make sure that we really sit with and turn over in our hands like a stone the phrase she had to leave her second stint in rehab early so that she could go on the road with her cabaret show there are certain sentences that one speaks that you realize bring an entire person into being (laughs) and for work we do this this is our job is to speak sentences such as these and i feel like that sentence says everything that a stranger to this planet needed to know to bring the countess into being yeah. especially she's the truly fact iconic and the fact that she's still able to pull it off to a packed audience in 2018 right? because as tracy and i also accidentally said on the phone when we were talking last night elegance is learned relevance is earned oh right, everybody. shit mm-hmm. <laughs> yes mm-hmm <laughs> Um, So that will be probably the tagline for her movie, um, Film with the Countess. So Tracy and I started (laughs) noodling around with our version of the song um, several years ago now. Uh, Tracy lives uh, and did at the time in Providence, Rhode Island, where I was visiting. And it was me and her, her acoustic guitar, her cats, and a gigantic bottle of skinny girl margarita, which we drank out of teacups and saucers and added extra tequila to the skinny girl because it doesn't have enough alcohol and elegance is truly learned. And with this most folk-like setting, we began working on our cover of Money Can't Buy You Class. 
We sure did. And we gave it sort of, you know, we were figuring out the core. Because a song like this, it is a bit, um, it can be a challenge to uh, translate it to the acoustic setting, especially when there's no actual music as part of it. Um, And so we took uh, sort of an approach of an arrangement that was a little bit slower, um, moodier, and also minor. And it turned out that that was sort of a a prescient uh, thing to do, given Luann's trajectory since then. Yep, and very quickly that trajectory has been rehab, moving right along. <laughs> it's it's been a, few, a bad few. Years. Yeah. How how many uh, versions of this? Uh, like, how many times did you have to take a run at it before you settled on what you thought would work to adapt it? I think it was pretty pretty quickly. So I just kind of you know busted out the chords. I am I am I'm a competent guitar player, but I am not a guitar whiz. So I've got like four finger picking patterns that I can do, as you will hear um, as we go forward with the episodes on this show. And so we just did. I, I think what we wanted to do was make it very simple too, because as as you can hear on this song and a lot of the housewife songs, it's just there's a lot happening. Um, and as Sarah said, that is in part I think to mask the um, the somewhat specious ability. <laughs> of the artist but we wanted to just like strip it way 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 down um, which we did so just sort of the single guitar I think really worked this very simple picking pattern and then the two of us alternating verses and um, and singing harmony which we love to do because of course we were in an acapella group together in college yes and since then my primary singing modus has been um drunken karaoke screaming which i'm excellent at but this was a real test of my vocal ability and probably the quietest i've ever sang in my life (laughs) it's true once you were once you had gotten this deep into the bones of the song do you feel like you learned anything about it that you hadn't known when you were only listening to it oh good question Oh, yeah. Do you well, feel like feel you like learned the... anything about her? Because I feel like your version brought me in touch with the Luann behind the Countess masquerade ball mask. Oh, how but, so? But wait, but going back, just I just I'm interested to know, like, once you were really digging into this song as a piece of songwriting, like, did it open up or make you aware of anything that you hadn't appreciated when you were solely a listener? Oh, yeah. I think Well, I'll say, you know, because I feel like before we actually sort of looked up or figured out the lyrics, I had just sort of sung the chorus and not really, you know, because they're the 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 verses are wordy and you just kind of go by them and then you're back to the money can't buy your class. And so I feel like, um, you know, genius lines like and the primary mistake texting on a date <laughs> really stood out to me um, in our version. I also couldn't, in our, in our initial recording of this, um, I, was, uh, I was assigned to sing The Bridge, which is the life is all about elegance and flair and savoir faire. You don't have to be rich and famous to be unforgettable, haha, and could not do it without laughing. No. <laughs> and had to give it to Dan to sing it. It was, it was a rough night. We'd had a lot of skinny girl margaritas. <laughs> your your plaintive science class is... Science class. <laughs> One of my favorite things that I've ever heard. It was just like, yes, science class. It's the worst when that happens. I am so at a party. Sad. At a party. Dan, what do you think you learned about about the song or about the Countess? Yeah, like I said, you know, sort of the lyrical specificity was so important to me. And then when you go back, you do realize it follows an extremely traditional kind of songwriting structure, right? It does a chorus, and then you know, sort of first chorus, first 
chorus bridge. It's missing uh, a, I guess, you know, saxophone solo to follow it, heartbeat style, um, <laughs> into a final, in, into a final breakdown. And so I did realize, you know, once we imposed a melody onto the verses that it was like fairly traditional songwriting structure. And then in the final chorus, um, we added a section where we like transcended beyond sort of the folk rubric that you had put it in because I wanted like a big rock breakdown somewhere near the end to show that like we could rock almost as much as the original song. But <laughs> I made Tracy actually execute it because I have lots of ideas and zero skills. And that, my friends, is called executive producing. <laughs> and so I um, I really like the idea that we could start off in that like quiet folk space and then have it actually build into like a big crashing final chorus and then um, ending it in the same sort of quiet, minor, contemplative plane in which it had begun. Mm -hmm. And our version of a big rock chorus was me with like my violin and a bobbin, which is an Irish hand drum and like some <laughs> yeah, and a tambourine. Yeah, you know, rock, rock music. Yeah. Right. My interpretation of <laughs> rock music. Um, Shall we hear a clip of the uh, cover version? Uh, uh, yes. The the Celtic ancestors concur that it is time. <laughs> <laughs> is cool uh, it is <laughs> like, it, it really, i really sorry go ahead it's astonishing what you have been able to accomplish in terms of my visceral response to the original and your version it, it, it's a, it's astonishing well thank you thank you I although mean, now i keep hearing myself gasp for air <laughs> now that you pointed out about the louis version i do it what too. i hear is like giggles verging constantly but i mean just because i know you guys so yeah. I, I love that like I, I think to the perhaps untrained ear this does sound like the lead character in a guy de maupassant story has decided to rewrite uh scarborough fair by Simon Carfuncle. wow <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like that to me but it also sounds like you're about to burst out laughing every time there's like a high note that you're like i can hold you know it sounds great, but I hear like that. 
what am I doing? <laughs> Giggles oh, <yeah>. lurking <laughs> in the background. And it, it adds a depth for me that there's a, you know, humor in this in this dark story of this, I don't mm. know, Princess Sans Portfolio. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not actually sure what's happening in your version, but something is actually happening in your version mm. versus the Countess reading yeah, selections. Yeah, you know, complex range of emotions. You mentioned Guy de Maupassant, and I keep thinking about um, the prose of Oscar Wilde, that, you know, there's someone who has managed to perform their place in society, but at, there's the literal or metaphorical portrait hiding up in the in the attic somewhere. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yeah. In a nurse's uniform. Yes. Oh, hey, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I have a question. Um, Dan and Tracy, if someone wanted to hear the entirety of your cover of the song, do they have options that would let them do that? Heck yeah. They can go to moneycampbyupodcast.bandcamp.com. You can stream it there or download it. Uh, and it's also available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, like all the places where you can where you can find music. And if I were searching for you as an artist name on Spotify, what would I search for? Money Can't Buy You Podcast. Excellent. Um, let's have a friend of the housewives, Jennifer, render her verdict on, <laughs> on the single at its launch party. Um, uh, this is the second reference that is made to Madonna by the second distinct person. And I, I'd like to hear everyone's thoughts on whether that comparison is valid. I think the song is fun and cute I don't know if it's like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I think it's like early Madonna. Burn. Burn. I mean, that, I, I mean the- just my opinion, <laughs> but ouch. <laughs> Group. Yeah. Producer producer Chris Young also in the episode when she was recording compared her to Madonna. Yep. And I think it's fair because Madonna, Madonna can't sing. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Madonna fans. But that's not her, like her primary talent is not, is not that. I thought it was an apt comparison. Wait, 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 wait. Not to derail the entire conversation, but Uh-oh. it's an apt? There, No, there is n- no. Madonna is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first of all. And I've right. seen Madonna live, sing acoustically, and she can actually sing better than this. Like no, She can. I, l- let's not in any way pretend that anything that is happening over here approaches the legit pop genius of early Madonna. Like, let's not front. Well, I, here's um, the relationship yep. in my mind, or I think in Chris Young's mind, maybe I'm wrong, is that um, Madonna, when she first came on the scene, had a little trouble controlling the upper register. Mark, we've, sure. we've talked about this. And yes, I that is true. And acknowledge early Madonna was a little bit feline in some of the, uh, some of the renditions of, quote, notes. But her real genius when she burst onto the scene was in packaging and promoting herself. And generally she found um, like genres and songs that would that would do that effectively and that would let her dance and that didn't ask too much of her uh, operatic talents so well you know what she wrote lucky star by herself and if Mm. countess luann ever writes a song as effortlessly catchy (laughs) as that then i will come back on this podcast and eat my words like they are chef boyardee um (laughs) well have you heard chic c'est la vie is is that is 
<laughs> is that the lucky star of the Countess Over? She has a third one, doesn't she? Yeah, you broke the girl code. Girl code, yeah. Oh. And she has a, there's Who a new one she's working on about? with. <laughs> it's about breaking the girl code. <laughs> Boy, so have you attended this cabaret show? No, but we have every Uh, plan to do so. There's one uh, in Atlantic City, I believe, at the end of the month. And um, I I think that we should all take a caravan down there um, because we'll clearly be opening for her by then. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I sure hope so. That's the whole point of doing this. Clearly. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, you know, as as much as Jen Gilbert will remain relevant for that, because that was the finale uh, of season of the incredible season three, and I, th- I, I don't know this for sure, but that is possible that that's the last thing we heard from Jen Gilbert that season, or perhaps ever, um, was comparing Countess Luann to Madonna. And so I think that she um, uh, has cemented her place as well. It just goes to show the song is always relevant. She's still singing it on the show today. It's music with a message, and um, Countess kind of rises like a phoenix back to elegance just when you uh just when you think she's down for good well i'm glad that uh we all emerged from our respective bushes to discuss this song (laughs) and uh the folky improvements that were made to it by you lot uh would you like to tell us what listeners can look forward to in the next episode of money can't buy you podcast Yes, coming up in the future, we will have songs by Erica Jane uh, from Beverly Hills and New Jersey's Danielle Staub. But next time, a Kim Zolciak song, so classic, it never appeared on the show at all, and you have never heard of it once in your damn lives. Money Can't Buy You podcast is a Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs co-production hosted by me, Daniel Rogi, and Tracy Potochnik, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. You can find Dan and Tracy's version of the song at moneycantbuyoupodcast.bandcamp.com. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine music is sold. Tracy, who produced and mastered these tracks? Oh, the tracks were produced and mastered by our friend Ross Lensing of Lion Recording Studios. All right. Um, I am Dan. I'm Tracy. I'm Sarah. And I'm Mark. Thank you guys so much. See y'all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.